Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. I got a little bit of a challenge with my voice. I've been doing a lot of speaking lately, so uh, I hope it's uh, all right for you today. And today we're going to start a new theme, and that is the theme of influence. Influencer. It's a big word, right? We hear it a lot these days, especially around social media, this idea that you know people can influence and they have a following and all those sorts of things. And not long ago, you know, someone referred to me that way and I, I thought, hmm, that's interesting. You know, you get to a certain point of followers or you have, uh, as I do, beyond the social media impact, a book and a podcast and all that sort of stuff. And you you begin to see be seen as an influencer, but the reality is that that uh, we all have influence. No, no doubt about it. We all have influence. No matter who we are, we influence other people. Friends influence friends. Parents influence kids. Spouses influence each other. Our words influence those who follow us on social media. The reality is that big or small, we cause some sort of chain of reaction with the influence that we have. I mean, that's just, that's the truth. And I think because of social media, we actually have more influence than maybe ever before. Organizational psychologists have studied this, the influence that we can have on other people. And they found some some interesting things. They found that People can be reluctant to spearhead new initiatives in the workplace or be unwilling to admit their role in a subordinate's performance failures or be less likely to speak up in the face of organizational wrongdoing. They may also be too quick to rely on external incentives such as rewards or punishments to manage employee performance and organizational training change rather than trusting in their own influence, in their own ability to persuade and motivate. In other words, people may be underestimating the influence that they actually have on other people. And what I want to do in these next episodes is to talk about this very thing, about the influence that you have And frankly, about some of the things that can stop you from being someone who can influence more positively and the things that you can do to have a more positive influence on other people. I read this a while back in in Dear Abby, and I want to just read it to you and you tell me what kind of impression this makes on you as you hear the sort of influence that this person might have. Dear Abby, call me confident, but I know I'm a real catch. But for the life of me, I can't get a date with the right kind of guy. Abby, I'm beautiful inside and out. I was raised in a great family with great morals. I'm kind to everyone. I've got a killer personality, great sense of humor, inspiring attitude, and the glasses always have full. I really want someone in my league. I've been told A thousand times I'm gorgeous, stunning, or asked why I'm not modeling. 
Yesterday, someone called me Miss America. I'm well-read and in tune with the arts, smart and funny. Where are my male equivalents? Dateless at 23 years old. Wow. What's the impression that you get about that person just hearing that? I mean, it's, it's hilarious. But by, by the way, you'll you like Dear Abby's response. Dear Dateless, your male equivalents died of altitude sickness trying to climb the pedestal you place yourself on. Perfection doesn't exist in anyone, and the sooner you become less preoccupied with your own perfection, the more likely it is that you'll meet your male equivalent. Zing. But that is uh, it is kind of funny way of, of just bringing out this concept, which is, you know, that we do influence. We do influence. And just reading, you know, just a short little Dear Abby and listening to that just makes you just kind of realize how significant your influence really can be. That friends, family, co-workers influence. So the way I, I think a, a good way to look at influence is to see it as something that's invisible. It's like a, it's like an invisible imprint. Everyone you meet and know is influenced by your presence. You have influence and everything about you ends up having some type of impact on other people. And so the question is not really, do you have influence, but what is the nature of that influence? Wow. And that's, again, what this is all about, is to pretty quickly establish that we all have influence and, and that probably it's greater than many of us realize, and that in the era in which we live with social media and everything else that the internet provides, it gives us a speed uh, and a breadth of influence we could have never had before. A guy like me who started out in, say, the writing and publishing world before the internet exploded, I mean, it's just so different today. I used to write articles, I mean, I know this sounds hilarious now, but that never got published for like six months later. Now, even today, if you write an article for a publication that actually prints a magazine and things, it's, it's months between the, the writing and the publishing. But I can write articles today that can be published literally within days, certainly not longer than weeks. That's just remarkable. There are things that I could have experienced in my life that I had no way of sharing in any uh, quick and mass producible way. It just wasn't possible. Today, it's absolutely possible to do that. It's just the difference, the idea of bringing these printed out pictures with you the next time you see people to tell you about your vacation versus posting them on social media. It's just remarkable, the difference. So this influence thing is as real as it's ever been. The question is, what's the nature of your influence? We tend to be more aware of the feelings others generate in us rather than the feelings we generate in others. And that's, that's, that's this idea of kind of flipping it around and saying, wow, I do have influence. I am impacting other people's lives. And what are the feelings that I am generating in them? What are the impressions that others have? What are their impressions 
in their interaction with me. Walt Disney said there, there are three kinds of people. He called them well poisoners, lawn mowers, and life enhancers. Those were his terms that he used. When he talked about well poisoners, he talked about people who discourage others. They're the kind of people that their influence is, a, is an influence of discouragement. Being around them is a discouraging experience. When he talked about lawnmowers, he meant people that were self-absorbed, people that were mowing their own lawns. You know, the well poisoners are kind of taking the, the water and by their discouragement poisoning it, and the lawnmowers are the people that are concerned about their own yard, and they're self-absorbed with their own life. And then life enhancers, I think, is fairly self-obvious, right? These are the people whose influence is very positive. And that's what you want to be. You, you want to be a life enhancer. That's the kind of person that you want to be like. And it's just so important to really determine your influence and do everything you can to make sure you can have the, the, the most positive influence. It's important to understand that your influence is produced. It's, it's not predetermined. Becoming more aware of your influence on others is the beginning of taking control of it. So seeing that it is something you produce is not something that is predetermined. For most people, it's not what they are, but what they think they are, or what they think they're not, that really holds them back. You know, it's, it's not what you are, it's... it's it's what you think you're not. That ends up holding you back. And then that has a direct correlation with your influence. Understanding that, that you do have influence allows you then to, to begin to be proactive and intentional about improving your influence. Not, not, not focused on what I'm not, but what I am not focused on what I can't offer, but what I can offer, not focused on my weaknesses, but focused on my strengths. You know, one thing that I've said many times in, in various gatherings and speaking and writing and just many different occasions is that I think it's a mistake when people spend too much try, time trying to strengthen their weaknesses rather than strengthening their strengths. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that if you've got weaknesses that you, you know, that are really hindering your life, that you shouldn't work on changing those. I mean, I'm a guy, if you listen to me at all, you know I'm, I'm about life change and life improvement. So let's not misunderstand. What I mean is that there are certain things that just are not ever really going to be able to move very much from a weakness to a strength, and it's probably better to spend time on taking what you are strong at and, and, and making it as strong as it can possibly be. And this is what I've tried to do in my life and career, is identify those things that are my greatest strengths, like speaking and writing, and then doing everything I can 
two. I went back and got advanced degree. I already had two degrees, you know, plenty of education. Went back, got advanced degree to just become the best speaker that I could become, for instance. I spent years and years and years writing and crafting all kinds of narratives to get to the place where I could be the best possible writer that I could be these sorts of ways of looking for opportunities and intentionally proactively moving in the direction of saying, how can I strengthen my strengths? Because our influence is profoundly affected by the way we think. How do we think about ourselves? And if you keep focus on what you don't have, what you're not good at, that limits enormously your influence rather than focusing on what you are good at. Our outward behavior is determined by what is happening inside of us. So whatever you are think about yourself, however you think, however you determine your own beliefs about yourself have an enormous impact on what ends up coming out externally. So it's, so it's vitally important to just really understand that. That you can change your influence. It's not something over which you don't have any control, but it is primarily about your thinking. It all begins with your thinking. Nothing has more to do with your influence. Now listen, nothing has more to do with your influence than the choices you make about what you remember and what you forget. What do you remember and what do you forget? All of us have all kinds of experiences, positive and negative. Every single person living on this earth, no doubt about it. What we choose to remember and how that happens, how that process works inside of our minds is key. Psychologists talk about interpretive and definitive choices. Interpretive choices involve those things outside of our control. Definitive choices are those things we do control. Now, we need to unpack this for a bit because this is some very significant stuff can really impact your life in, in a huge way. What we choose to remember and, and what we choose to forget. It's the kind of stuff that it really can be life-changing for you. Because if you've got a certain loop that keeps playing over and over in your mind, and this may be hugely holding you back. And by the way, at the same time, totally, totally impacting your, your positive influence that you can have over other people. So it's just really important, really important to understand interpretive and definitive choices. Now, again, interpretive choices, those things outside of our control. There is so much in life that is outside of our control. And I come back to this time and time again because I spent a, a fair amount of time in leadership. And when you're in leadership, you do have more control. But the thing that I have experienced is how much you don't have control. I'm always amused by people who think that I can do things that I, I can't do. They, they somehow have this belief that I have more control, more power than I actually do. And the longer I've been in leadership, 
the longer I've worked with people, the more I realize that there are just things that, that just blow my mind. There are things, I mean, there are just things that have happened that I just cannot believe. I was reading recently about someone who experienced such a severe betrayal that they had to go to counseling for three years to come to grips in dealing with that. And, and I've experienced betrayals in, in my own life and they're so shocking. And there are decisions that other people make and we can do nothing about it. Now, if you dwell on those kinds of things, it is going to seriously and significantly negatively impact your influence. You just can't do it. You just can't allow yourself to remember the things that you have no control over. Some of you have experienced abuse. Some of you have experienced some bitter disappointments over which you had no control. You didn't pick your parents. There are many things that happen to us where, where we live or these places that we go that we had no choice over. And if those things become the script in your mind, if they become the thing that you think about the most, then it will keep you from having the kind of positive influence that you could have. Conversely, definitive choices are those things we do control. So if we choose to remember what we can control and what we have done and the positive things we have been able to accomplish in our lives, that will have a marked impact on our influence. There's just no doubt about it. Again, how do you think? Because it, your outward behavior is determined by what is happening inside of you, your thinking. So it comes down to just making the choice, the, the act, the just the distinct choice to say, I am going to remember certain things and forget certain things. Now, you may say, ah, oh, I don't know, Rick, that, that sounds easier said than done. And all I can tell you is that I, I've been practicing this for years. And I'm telling you, it works. It, it's amazing some bad things that have happened to me that I literally do not remember. Someone would have to like bring up the circumstance and the situation and even then probably fill in the details for me to be able to bring it back in my remembrance. I just refuse to hold on to that stuff because it does no good and I had no control over it. And, and the bad things that other people do are what they are responsible for. I'm not responsible for that. The lies that are told, the, the foolish, foolish actions of other people, they, they may have a negative impact, but I'm not going to remember that. I'm going to expressly choose to forget it. This is what Abraham Lincoln said, you know, I I, it's this funny line, you know, I distinctly remember forgetting that, you know, I distinctly remember forgetting that he just said, I'm not going to listen to all this criticism. It's just remarkable criticism that the guy experienced. I, I'm really into Lincoln, by the way, I, I've 
been to all the Lincoln sites and spent a lot of time in the museum. I have a lot of Lincoln artifacts, read a lot of Lincoln books. And of course, we just celebrated President's Day on Monday. And Lincoln, if you go to the museum, you see all these uh, political cartoons. I mean, the guy was just absolutely lambasted. It was incredible. People made fun of, of Lincoln's appearance. I mean, the guy, you know, obviously he, he was one of these sort of classic gangly type people. Tallest president we've ever had, by the way, but, you know, sort of a skin and bones kind of guy. A guy that used to have to literally wrap up in a blanket around the fireplace to keep warm. I mean, these are stories, you know, about people visiting him in the White House and there he is around the fire wrapped up in a blanket. But people made fun, just made fun of his appearance and and made fun of his marriage. and I mean, just brutal stuff. You know, we see this sort of stuff that happens today politically. And we're like, wow, these people are heartless. This would have never happened. I mean, go you go to the museum, you see all the political cartoons. They are as brutal as anything that you would see today. So the guy knew an incredible about amount about what it means to be criticized. Now, and that's just, you know, the the cartoons and the political stuff, not alone what he, he had to deal with in his own cabinet where he purposely chose people that would be contrarian and had to listen to all their words. I mean, and here he was in the toughest time in the history of this country. And yet he chose to remember the positive things. He's the greatest president. There's absolutely just no doubt about that. I mean, any reasonable way. He saved this country. Washington got this thing going, and for and for that, he, he's the second greatest. But Lincoln saved this country, and not just everything he did with the war, but even after the war. He was so generous. I mean, he could have just hammered down on the South and you know, things could have gone very differently. I was at the World War I Museum uh, last year, and there's just no doubt that because of the way the rest of the world treated Germany after World War I, the seeds were planted for World War II. And the same thing could have happened in America if it hadn't been for Lincoln and his influence. I mean, his positive influence saved this country and healed this country. Just a remarkable person. So again, definitive choices, the things that we do control, that's what Lincoln focused on. That's what we have to focus on. So just for instance, your choices reveal whether you are loving or selfish. Yeah. You can choose. You, you can think loving thoughts and then act in loving ways. Or you can think that everything's about yourself and act in self-centered ways. And the difference in your influence is gigantic. A choice between enthusiastic and lethargic. I mean, you can just look at your life and you can have enthusiasm about it, about what you're doing, about your future. And again, the same person in terms of circumstances can look at the same environment and choose to be lethargic about it and just say, oh, I'm not, it's, you know, no energy, not worth it. Nothing's going to happen. It won't work out. It won't be good. Two people, same environment, sometimes raised in the same family and come out with two completely different influences. How did that happen? 
what you choose to remember, what you choose to forget, how you choose to think about your life and yourself. How about this? Choose to be disciplined or choose to be impulsive? Which is it? What choice do you make? Anyone can give in to their impulses and choose pleasure over other, maybe morality or other wiser courses of action. Not against all pleasure, by the way, but some of it can certainly take us down the wrong road. Or you can choose to be disciplined, to say no to something that is tempting, but ultimately is not good for you or goes against what God would have us to do with our lives. Which will it be? And and on and on we can we can go in terms of our life choices and how we how we determine how we will live. And then it is all of this that ends up forming the influence that we have over other people. So it really comes down to you know, what do you want your influence to be? And, and that's what we'll be talking about then in these next episodes. But first, we have to just kind of foundationally establish that we do have influence and that that influence is not predetermined, but it is produced by us. And that it really is like a, a, an invisible imprint that we put out there that touches many, many other people's lives, and that that influence is determined by what is happening inside of us, by the way we think, and particularly in terms of thinking, how we think about what has happened. What do we remember? What do we forget? What are our choices? Are they definitive or are they interpretive? Are we focusing on those things that we have no control over, had no control over, or do we focus on the things that we do have control over? The things that we have decided to do with our lives that have been very positive and can turn out to, to be very positive in other people's lives. And I want to encourage you to do just that, to really ponder and consider your influence and really self-diagnose. What are you thinking about? What do you choose to remember? What do you choose to forget? And to the extent that you're remembering things that you should forget, forget them. And maybe you're not remembering some of the things you should remember and going through that process so that that begins to change your influence. And then those choices that you make can really be positive. And again, join us next week as we kind of continue this discussion and this exploration into what it means to be an influencer. Before I go, I just want to again encourage you to share this podcast on social media, and we really would appreciate getting more ratings and and more reviews that you would uh, just tell your friends about it, subscribe to it, do whatever you can if this is helping you and you enjoy this, to just 
share it with more folks so more folks might be able to take advantage of it. You just think about, you know, success and stress and happiness. I mean, these are really key topics that almost everyone is interested in, and we've covered all of them in the short time this podcast has been on. So appreciate all that you can do to share it and to uh, help us get the word out about this Point of Impact podcast. Greatly appreciated and just want to remind you again about my book, You Got Style, available in softcover, hardcover, ebook, and audiobook. That you get a copy if you've read it, that you give us a good review on Amazon and Goodreads. Appreciate that for sure. Continue to be interviewed about the book in, in some pretty significant places. And going to be on television a couple weeks talking about it as well. So love to uh, help you learn more about yourself, understand your styles. What is your thinking style? What is your learning style? What is your financial style? What is your time style? What is your spiritual style? What is your faith style? What is your work style? What is your leadership style? You should know all these things, and that's what the book covers. And it would be so helpful to, to not only know it yourself, but be able to know it about your family and your friends and coworkers and, and other people that you're in relationship with. I'm going to speak here in a few weeks at business gathering, you know, helping people in the in the context of their company to just understand work styles and leadership styles better. So I encourage you to to pick it up. If you want a signed copy, you can get one by going to rickmcdaniel.com. If you go to my website, rickmcdaniel.com, you can get a signed copy. You can buy it, you know, on Barnes and Noble or Amazon, wherever you want, but that's a good way to get copy. Only way you can get a signed copy. And rickmcdaniel.com is a good place to go to as well because you can sign up for the weekly devotional that I do. Um, this week I talk about the people who live in the, in the on top of the world, the highest over 16,000 feet up people live there, believe it or not. Each week I've got a different devotional coming out. You can learn about articles that I come out with and all kinds of other things. So that's a good place to visit, rickmcdaniel.com, and uh, as well as here's other things that I'm speaking about. So hope you'll do that and look forward to uh, being with you again next week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.